Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Relationship Lounge presents Reveal and Heal. I'm Coach Ben. You know, you can't heal if you won't reveal. I have an amazing guest today. I want you to go ahead and call up your friends. I want you to tag your neighbors, tag everyone that you know need a motivation word. You know, our topic today is divine order. You need to know that you are in the will of God, no matter where you are right now. You need to understand that you are just where you are supposed to be and you're moving, moving to your destiny. Y'all, I'm telling you, this word today, this word this morning is just what you need. I have uh, brother John Garrett and Angela Garrett. These people, y'all, are my family. My brother that God just placed into my life, he is everything. And I know he's going to have something that's going to sharpen you this morning. You know, you're going to need something to get you throughout the day. So I would admonish you to please go ahead and call up your neighbors. Go ahead and tag your friends, tag your enemies. You know, we got to love them. So it would not be fair for you to get this word and not share this word. Put your hands together and help me welcome this morning, my brother, John Garrett, and my sister, Angela Garrett. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm amazing. Thank you so much for saying yes to this interview. Thank you for gracing, you know, the platform this morning, Reveal and Heal. I really admire y'all. I respect y'all. And I'm just so grateful that you are a part, you know, the messengers this morning to inspire, to motivate, you know, uh, and empower someone. Even if it's just one person, we want to reach somebody this morning. So I want to start this morning by just asking you to just share, you know, your story. Begin with your, your story. Who is John Garrett? Who is Angela Garrett? Because you know every time I see y'all, y'all stuck together like glue. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. First of all, I'd like to say to all of you out there in the radio land and TV land is that God is good. God is great and God don't make mistakes. I'm so grateful that she allowed me to be on this divine because everything is divine in God's sight. To know me, John Garrett, I was born and raised in a small town called Beaufort. Uh, Beaufort where it wasn't many people, but it was trying. I lost my mother at the age of nine, never seen my father. But when you have a divine story, when God got something for you, everything happened for a reason. We may not understand it. You must remember one thing. There are three stages in life, a past, a present, and a future. All right, now. You had a past. You'll never be in your present. you never make it to your present. You'll never reach your future. And I'm so glad God has allowed me to make it into my present so I can prepare for my future. Uh, from there, I finished high school unable to read a lick. Couldn't read a thing, couldn't read anything. Went down to the VA. Uh, and uh, joined the army, I just dotted dots. Couldn't read nothing. And the man come out and told me, congratulations, you scored high. And I thank God for everything that I went through, that I've gone through. Went through 21 years of military just thinking and preparing until I met my awesome, sweet wife who said, you need an education. I thank God for Angela, who said, uh, 
let's get hooked on phonics. You need to learn to read. And she has been more than a motivation. She has been more than positive in my life. Even with my trauma, my going through my trials of drugs, she stuck right there with me, pushed me and motivated me. And I tell any person uh, that if a woman should have ever left a man, Angela should have left me. But instead of leaving me, she prayed for me. So that's not all of my story. But I just want to give you something for some of you feel that you can't make it, feel like you're just unreachable. God can reach you when you're at your lowest point because I had hit rock bottom and God sent me an awesome partner, which was predestined, Angela. And today, if Angela asked me to build her a rocket to go to the moon, it may not fly, but I'm going to build it. And I just want to say to you, love, thank God for you. Thank God for having you. And thank God that you are still with me. Okay. Are you okay, Sister Deb? Girl, listen. Go ahead, honey. <laughs> oh, my God. That's everything to me. I know I ain't the only one fanning. So, you know, please share, my sister. Please, if you can talk right now, go ahead and share. Yes. Well, you know, I, I truly, I, I, you know, have to ditto that God is good all the time, and all the time, God is truly good. And if I could share anything about my life that I felt was a turning point, okay, at my age, I've gone through many, many, many trials, but I have come to the realization that unless God puts you through a trial, He's going to put you through a trial just so that you can overcome because he, there's no failure in God. So the turning point in my life, my story was when I met this gentleman. I met my snickerdoodle at a time when I, I think it was probably at one of the lowest points in my life. I was a divorced mother of two beautiful daughters, and I was going through a stage where I felt like I would never find another somebody because I had kids. Nobody, I felt nobody was going to want me for me because I had kids. But it was at that time that I really learned how to pray. You know, we grow up praying. But until you truly learn how to pray, my prayer to God was that, you know, God, you send me a man that first of all loves you, a family man, a man that will be honorable to me, a man that would be a family man that would love going to church and is gonna love me for me and accept my children as his own. And lo and behold, God answered my prayers. He gave me exactly, and that's one thing about prayer. You know, we have to learn how to be specific in our prayers. Amen. Because Amen. God hears every prayer. And in answering my prayers, you know, God kind of put a little boomerang in there. Okay, because we had a time, it was, uh, we had some ups and some downs. And his testimony about his addiction um, was truly a trying time for us. And knowing the person that I was 
33 years ago. That's how long we've been married, 33 years. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I, don't, I don't think I could have withstand it, withstood it is the correct term. However, God reminded me, did I not answer your prayer? Did I not, did I not give you the desires of your heart? Okay, I gave you the man that loves God. I gave you the man that, that, that loves you, loves your children, as a family man, loves going to church. You never once said anything about a man having a drug addiction. And God said, I gave you, what you exactly what you asked for. So how bad do you want it? It was then that I truly, truly learned how to stop praying the problem and start praying the solution. Mm. And here we are, 33 years later. So if I can be of an encouragement to any single mother out there, you know, love yourself, love God, learn to love God first, and you can love yourself. And God will send the right person to love you. So just be encouraged. If, if, if that's a word of help or encouragement to any single mother out there that's seeking companionship, you know, be specific in your prayers. God hears prayers and he answers prayers. And I'm just happy that uh, I was able to just, just endure. There was a lot of endurance through our marriage. I'm happy that I was able to endure. And right now, um, I, can, I can proudly say, I believe we have one of the best marriages that anyone could ask for. We understand each other. We respect each other. That's another thing, you know, couples have to learn how to respect each other. And a lot of people say that there are no boundaries. You know, you, you can't set boundaries, but there are boundaries in marriages. And when you learn to respect and understand those boundaries, you know, it's, it, it, it'll take you a long way. Amen. And I would like to say this uh, to anyone. When I told you I couldn't read, God has blessed me not only learn to read, but I have a doctorate in theology, have a bachelor's in theology. And you can't tell me what God can't do. All you have to do is apply yourself. The sky is the limit. No matter what you think. I heard the little train say, I think I can and if you think you can, put your mind to it and do it. So we have grown to have a well-establishment. My wife and I own our own restaurant called Jazz Cafe and Catering. You can come from nowhere. No one ever thought that we would be owners of a restaurant that's doing well and prospering. You can't tell me what God can't and will not do if you allow him to work in your life. So don't be hard on yourself. Everybody go through something. Everybody suffers somewhere. But if you put your, motivate yourself, because people used to always tell me, you'll never be nothing, you'll never amount to nothing, you'll probably be in jail, you'll probably be dead. You But look at me, I'm very much alive. I'm free. Amen. And I'm prospering. Amen. And God ain't finished with me yet. 
Amen. Amen. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, that things didn't just happen. You know, you talk about the trials and, you know, even the choices. So do you, at some point, I know, I'm not going to say do you, but I know at some point, whenever, you know, you were just living, you know what I'm saying? Uh, there had to be times when you questioned God, even, where you were, you know, and it's like, you know, for real, divine order now, when a person, you know, think about divine order, I'm, I really believe that in their mind, they're like things that are perfect, you know what I'm saying? It's like mm -hmm. perfect timing and perfect moments and things like that. But divine order can be when you're in a situation you can't explain. Divine order can be when you're in trouble, you know, when you're in pain. Because I believe that is the formula or the remedy to where you're going. It's a piece of it, you know, it's a part of it. <clears throat> Explain that, Reverend you, you always feel that you are not worthy of who you are because we don't realize that we was created for a purpose. But because our situations sometimes make us feel that we are unworthy, we don't look at who we are. We don't look at who created us. We look at our situation. And we allow our situations to make us doubt and not believe or say, God, I'm not worthy of this. Why me? Uh, why are you picking me, Lord? Uh, I, I, I got habits. I, I drink, I, I smoke, I, I gamble. And, and you telling me I'm supposed to be a preacher? But then I think about Ecclesiastes and to everything, there's a time and a season. That was my season to drink. That was my season to be what I was doing. That was a season. But then every season brings on a change. You have summer, winter, fog, and spring. All of them are in the year, but they bring about a different season. And so things happen in our life of that season, but doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. Summer don't last forever. Winter don't last forever. Spring don't last forever. Fall don't last forever. It's just your divine. But when you work in your season, do what God asks you to do because it's divine. And no matter how you look at it, we want to stay where we at because most of us get stuck in a season. And sometimes we allow ourselves to either wither. If it's too hot, we wither because we don't like if it's too cold, we die out. But if you just understand the purpose and learn who God is, <laughs> it's divine. So even your problems is divine. On, on another note, Coach Deb, I, you know, I, I'm inclined to believe that, that we as a people somehow just set ourselves up for disappointment. And I say that because too often we allow others to dictate what our life should be. 
dictate how we should dress, dictate how we should react, dictate how we should love. But, you know, we when we realize that we are perfect imperfections, that we know it's only by the grace of God that we are who we are. And when we get to the point that we understand our self-value, our self-worth, then we no longer have to, you know, be subject to other people's opinions because it's, it's easy for somebody that's on the outside looking in to have a, a comment or a suggestion on how you should, um, or what you should be. But when you know for yourself who you are and definitely understand whose you are, you know, there's, there's no, again, there's no room for failure. If we could just, you know, allow God to just, 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 just penetrate our thoughts, our minds, then, you know, other people's opinions are just what it is, their opinion. And they are entitled to their opinion. Every person is entitled to their opinion. But what we must learn is not to let folks' opinion make us who we are. Right. So let them have their opinion. Some folks might say, hey, you're the ugliest man in the world. That's an opinion. Some folks might say, hey, you're the best looking man in the world. Do it make either one of them wrong? No. That is just their opinion. But you got to learn to let opinions fly by. Because what we do, we get stuck. And somebody can say, I'm ugly, and I want to, I'm just ugly. Everybody think I'm ugly. Why? Because I accepted somebody's opinion that I was ugly. Then somebody might say, I look good. Well, I'm the best looking man in the world because they said I look good. But we have, to, we have to stay in the middle. First of all, it's about being humble, no matter what. Anybody make an opinion to you is just an opinion. Explain to the listeners the, the, the scripture that everything works together for the good of them uh, that are called uh, according to the Lord's purpose. First, when you hear your calling and you notice a calling, it's going to work. If you walk in God's will, what you must understand, it won't be easy. See, most folks say, well, I'm going to the Lord. And when I go to the Lord, everything going to work. Everything going to fall in place. No. If you got any Bible readers, everyone in that Bible went through trying before they made it. I like to look at David. David started out as just a shepherd boy. David had nothing. David went through. Then he run from this king for years, King Saul. He ran for years before he became king. God allowed us to go through to make us. When David was fighting, he was, David was being trained while he was watching sheep. Sometime at your lowest point, you don't even realize you're being trained for what God has in store for you. So when you're at your lowest, all you can do is look up. And if you're at your lowest, that's when your real fight began. Because if you just lay there, let me remind you of the man at the pool of Bethesda. He laid there for 38 years, laid there, because he had no fight. Laid there, waiting on somebody to feel sorry for him. Laid there in a pity party. Laid there for 
38 years. And when the master came, he said, guess what? I had nobody to help me. Jesus almost said to him, well, why didn't you try to help yourself? Why didn't you just roll over and throw your feet in the water? But let me show you, sometimes we wait in for nothing. All we have to do is just meet Jesus because Jesus told him, get up. And he never even had to get in the water. Sometimes you have what you need with on the inside of you. You just won't use it. Can I remind you of another? Dorothy was trying to get home. Didn't realize she had the power within herself all the time. But she went all through the lands of all trying to get home when all she had to do was just use the power in her heel to get to which no matter how low you is, you got an inner power in you. Use it. Angela, at what point in your life did you reach in that that place, you know, you know, that local place that you talked about earlier? You know, at, at what point did you you feel that you were gonna come out? You you were gonna come out. That that you weren't gonna stay stay there. Well, actually, that, that goes back to the, the question you asked previously about the scripture. I, I really believe that God was all in the setting, the setting us up to meet. I really believe that because we both knew the Lord. We both loved the Lord. You know, and, and what I have found in previous relationships that when the when there is the, the relationship is unequally yoked, uh it it's it, it brings about hardship. And that's where I was before. I was I was at I was at a point of a relationship that was unequally yoked, meaning I I believed in God, I loved the Lord, but there was no bear of witness on the other party. When God brought us together, we both we both experienced some of the same downfalls in marriage. We knew what, what we didn't want. And God put us together to, and, and we just kind of built off of each other. And the, the main focal point was God, that we both had a strong belief in God that we pulled on from each other. And just as he said, just because, you know, people realize that once they come into the knowledge of God and they love God, they think all of their troubles are over. No. We went through we went through some trials as we experienced uh we explained earlier. But we know it was by the grace of God in our true feelings that that made us bond even closer that we are today. I don't know, words can't even explain how much I, I, I really honor our marriage. It just brought us closer. John, what lessons did you learn through your 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 trial your trial moments? You know, through your transition, you know, being transparent with the regular folk that are listening, because what y'all have today is so amazing. 
but it's been bought with a price. Y'all paid a price for what you had, you know. So what lessons would you say you learned uh, go, uh, through your journey, you know, to be where you are today? My, my biggest lesson I learned, first of all, you have to humble yourself as a man. Come on now. And you have to learn how to be able to listen as well as speak. Because we as men have found ourselves feel that we just the authority figure. Uh, I'm scriptural, uh, not reading the scripture, not knowing the scripture. They want to be quick to say, well, God made man the rule. Uh, but if you read the scripture, he made woman to be a helpmate, not to be your servant, not to be your maid, not to be one that washed the dishes help you wash dishes, help you mop the flow, help you. It's a helpmate. But we have gotten so far, and I've learned that if you respect a woman and give that woman the respect she deserves, that woman will put you on the moon and hold you up on her shoulders even when she's weak. So respect begets respect. And I've learned to respect my wife. To the, I respect all women because my mother was a woman. I have daughters. And that's what we find in uh, a relationship is respect. When you learn how to respect one another and then put God first, the sky's the limit. Because can't nothing stop me from having my cotton candy beside me. That's my cotton candy. I tell a man, she's a bag of Skittles. She got every flavor. And I really don't need anything else because when God joins us together, he joins us together. And, and most men can't say that. I, I've been married to her for 33 years. And in those 33 years, men, you may not believe it. I've never been anywhere in 22 years on a Friday or Saturday night anywhere without my wife. I don't go anywhere without my wife. And you see me? Do you see her? We stuck like glue. Cause I don't have to look for anything because when God gave me this package, he gave me everything in, and I respect that. And if you learn to respect each other, it'll keep you out of trouble. Right. And if you ain't got nobody, stay with God. You'll get somebody. Right. But wait and on that, it. Wait I'm on sorry. It. What was you, what, please finish, John. I was saying if you're single, Wait on that significant one. Don't be in no rush, because believe it, God got somebody just right for you. He's yes, just yes, testing yes. you to see if you're willing to wait. That's a word. That's a word right there. Angela, tell the listeners, you know, as transparently as you can be, did you struggle with bitterness or, or uh, unforgiveness? where John was concerned, did you ever, you know, question, you didn't marry, you know, what you got yourself into. That's not what you, you didn't get in, 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 in that situation for that. You know, you had your moments. Share that with the listeners this morning. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I, you know, I, I, I question, you know, because I just didn't understand you know, now, you know, and, and I'm going to sound a little gullible at this point because at the time he 
was going through, you know, at the beginning of his his addiction, I have to be honest, I had not a clue of what drugs were. I, I, because I was never exposed to anybody that was on drugs. I was never, I had, I didn't know what a joint, a blunt, or anything. I didn't know what it all looked like. Um, and it took, believe it or not, it took my middle school age daughter. At that time, they were starting to dare the drug program that brought it, you know, she was sharing what she learned in the school. And I'm like, oh my, I, I saw something that I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't express that to her. But my, I'm like, so this is what we're dealing with. And the biggest thing I did was I had, I didn't have any friend. Well, I had one friend that I tried, that I thought was a friend that I tried to, you know, to release to. And the only thing she could come back to me was, girl, if I was you, I wouldn't blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's what they say. Okay, that's what they say. But I thank God for my mom you know, who's resting now, who, who, who helped me pray, help pray me through this. Not once did she say, Angela, leave your husband. Not once did she say, Angela, come back home. You don't have to deal with this. You know, I had to really pray myself fast and pray. I learned how to fast really quick and pray. So I didn't not that I was keeping it a secret from anybody, but I knew this was something that I felt like it was something that I needed to have to deal with on my own. And, and I just felt like if I got to the, to the, to the point that I was tired of riding the merry-go-round going round and round and round, that I just prayed that I had, I would have had a sense enough to get off, but God kept me there. And I am so grateful. He kept me there. Oh, yeah, it was a challenge. And it came with some ultimatums, too, if you don't mind me sharing. Yeah. It came with some, uh, the, the fine, the, oh, my gosh. I went out to Macy's and purchased a, a very, very expensive black dress. And I hung it where he could see it with the price tag on it. And I looked at him. I said, sweetie. I'm going to wear this dress to one of two places. I'm either going to wear this black dress to court for our divorce, or I will be wearing it to your funeral. You choose. Yes. That way. Close your mouth. <laughs> yes. I went there. I went there because the fight in me, I mean, I grew up with a, with, a, with a bunch of brothers and sisters, okay? And I'm number eight out of 10. So, you know, I kind of had a, I was, I was kind of the rough kid, you know, on the block. So for me to withstand and go through the things that I went through with him, I knew it had to be nobody but God because the Angela I knew would have packed up and walked away a long time ago. And I, I can acknowledge Again and again and again, but God, but God. Oh, you have me some for this morning. But God. Yes. 
but God. And y'all are so, so inspiring today. I want you to share with everyone how you overcame. What is it that you're doing now? Both of y'all are pastors. Y'all are pastors of an amazing church. Y'all are working together in ministry. God gets all the glory. You got a yes. big, beautiful family, church that loves you. So share with the listeners what you all are doing to encourage and to be impactful in your community, you know, from which you come from. Well, I'm going to go first because I just I just need to, you know, first of all, let's give a shout out to Cornerstone of Faith. We love you. We are family. I have to say, being a first lady and a co-pastor does not come with a manual other than the B-I-B-L-E. The one thing that I've learned from observing our previous my previous uh, former first lady from New Orleans, she didn't have time to mentor me before we moved back to Georgia, but I observed her. The pastor, my husband is my pastor. I don't run the church. I am his help mate. Yes, God has given me the gift of administration. I help. I wish I could write a book. <laughs> I wish I could write the book. You, you know, because you don't have to write that book. You don't have to. <laughs> you know, you know, being the and, and and it's and it's not easy. You know, it was not easy. I I've had to, you know, really humble myself a lot because a lot of ladies that attend your church are not there for church. That's right. So I have to prayerfully withhold my integrity and make everything about God and keep it moving. It's not that easy. But through prayer, it works. There has to be a great understanding. Okay, Pastor. <laughs> First and foremost, being in, in, in ministry, you, you got to understand if you are not really called by God, it ain't going to last. I don't care who he is. You can joke. You can play. Uh, we got ministers for all different reasons. Some ministers are pastors about big numbers or big congregation. My hat's off to them if that's what you have. But when you are pastoring for souls, that's a difference. When you're pastoring for souls. I've been pastoring Cornerstone for 14 years. I'm not on a payroll. They are kind enough every now and then to give me a stipend. Um, I have not missed one Sunday in 14 years, but I don't go there looking for a check. 
where Cornerstone has been in service 14 years. We take up one offering. We don't take up no penny offering, no penny offering, no love offering, that offering, this offering, that offering. We live by faith. Mm -hmm. It's enough faith is the substance of all things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. Then my Bible say, trust God. It also tells me without faith, it is impossible to please God. And when I look back over my life and see where God has bought me some, is no one can make me doubt who God is. And when you live like that, you don't have a lot of folks in your corner because I'm going to speak the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help me, God. I'm not here to be liked. My job is to get you to heaven. Most pastors want to be liked. They want to be loved. <laughs> Spatterard, spoiler child. I, I would say if people can hang at Cornerstone, they want to go to heaven. And, I, and I'd be the first to say that because I don't sugarcoat nothing. I tell all of my members, you want some sugarcoated. Go to Kroger's and get you some sugar frosted flakes, and I buy the milk. But I ain't sugarcoat nothing. I'm trying to make heaven your home. And I want to make heaven my home. So therefore, in order to live this life, you got to be real with it. And so I don't look for everybody to like me because nobody really wants the truth. They want to be pampered. And so I don't have time to pamper you or to babysit you. I'm not going to sit up all night long studying to pamper you. If I'm going to study, that's why Paul told Timothy, Timothy, study to show yourself approved that you can rightly divide the word. And it tells me everything going to pass. Heaven and earth is going to pass. But that word, if you get it in you, it's going to stand. So in pastoring, you got all kind of darts coming at you from members, from friends, from family. But you got to be steadfast, stay focused, and know, like my wife say, know who you are, whose you are, and what you are, and you can make it. Brother, it's so important to be transparent, you know, because people cannot, they cannot really move forward and, and you know, transition to greater if you're not hearing the realness uh, and the genuineness uh, of individuals. And I am so grateful this morning for y'all's transparency. I need for you, brother, to speak to someone this morning. I need for you to encourage uh, someone that may be where you were, you know, because you held on, you made your way back. So I need for you to encourage someone that may be listening this morning, you know, and saying in their heart, even right now, you know, if God did it for him, he can do it for me because you don't look like what you've been through. You don't have the signs of anybody that's ever even been around drugs. You I'm are grateful. doing amazing. And God has blessed you with 
the woman of your dreams. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful, so grateful that what I can say to anyone, uh, I really believe, I really believe in my heart, I could be wrong, that God allowed me to go through that trial that I'd be able to explain to others that you can make it. In my trying time, I heard everybody say, oh, uh, you're an addict. <laughs> I knew that. Tell me something I didn't know. Oh, we're going to pray for you. You need Jesus. I knew that. But now I can tell anybody, if you have any addict in your family, throw your arms around them and tell them you love them. That works. My wife would tell me often, John, I love you. She never told me, hey, you're an addict. You, you need to get help. You need to get fit. I just want you to know, darling, I love you. And, and I want you to learn to love yourself. So a lot of times we push folks off because the first thing we do if an addict walk around you, you grab your purse, you go to putting up stuff. So you already invited him to do wrong because he already know the way you acting. He know that's what you're doing for him or she. But let them know I love you more than anything. And I'll say this, I could be wrong. I've even had addicts to walk up to me and I knew they was addicts and ask me for something because see, I knew where I was at. And I tell people that want to be selfish, to think they are better than anybody else. You are no better when you are selfish. Uh, a scenario, uh, uh, I talk about drunks, alcoholics, or winos. Sometimes you see them and they say, hey, can I get a dollar for a drink, a dollar for a beer? I'm not giving you no money to drink with. That one drink or that one swallow might have saved their life or stopped them from going into DTs. A dollar that you call somebody to die behind because you are selfish and want to be judgmental. When we quit learning to be judgmental and understand that maybe they need help, I give that dollar and say, Jesus, bless them. And God, when you get ready for them to stop, you will stop them but I'm not going to miss my blessing behind a dollar or two dollars by casting him out. Because if Jesus cast us out for all the things that we done, well, a whole world would be in trouble. The stuff we done and Jesus still looked beyond our fault and saw us for who we were. Sometimes we got to learn to look beyond addicts, drunks, look beyond that part and know who they is. Let me give you another scenario. David knew who Saul was, had opportunity to kill him. But what did David say? I can't touch him because he's God's anointed. Even though he's acting a fool, even though he's a drunk, even though he's an addict, even though he's nothing up, even though he's trying to kill me, I can't touch him. That's God's anointed. So when you see folks out there that's wine old, drunk, addicts, say to yourself, that's God's anointed. He just going through his process to get to where he got to get to. So when he give his testimony and tell you how God bought him out, how God bought him over, how God healed him, then his story can be real because if you ain't never been drunk 
You can't tell me nothing about being drunk. You ain't never been an addict. You can't tell me nothing about an addict. When you ain't never done it, all you doing is just giving your theory because you don't know. And so when someone have a real story, you can't tell me what the tone I like if you ain't never been in it. You can't, you can't pat me on my back and tell me, I'm so glad you made it out because you ain't been there. If you ain't never been in the storm, <laughs> baby, you can't handle the storm. Come on now. So when you look at someone, don't look at them as no addict. Don't look at them as no drunk. Don't look at them. Look at it. That's God's child that needs your help. So if you are, quit being down on yourself. Just know that you're going, if you're an addict, you're just going through a process. And while you're going through your process, every time you smoke or drink, pray. I don't care. Yeah. Every time I got high, my wife looked at me crazy. I would go get high. I would come in and I would pray. God, this ain't what I want. God, God, I need your help. God, God, I don't. And I go right back and get high again. God, I need your help. God, I kept giving it to God. God heard my cry. God knows I wanted to come out. And so that's what you got. You got to want to come out. See, what we do, we, we, we do things, and then we feel like we ain't worthy. But when God created you, he sat back. Look what he said. When he created you, he sat back and said, it's good. Think about it. No matter what you think you are, just remember, God didn't make no jump. You are somebody. Keyword, you are somebody. Oh boy. Angela, encourage someone this morning that want to throw up their hands and give up on the process. If you have not been told, I love you, let me be the one to say, I love you. As women, there are so many challenges. You know, as we reach the age of uh, maturity, you know, we, our, our bodies, we have biological and physical changes going on in our bodies that we don't understand. Even as, as we get older, Things happen that we just don't understand. But I want to be of encouraging to let you know that you are a child of God. We are all created by God. And God loves us. He wants the best for us. You know, our trials come to make us strong. You've heard it before, but we, and we're all familiar with the 23rd Psalm in that passage that says, yea, though I walk through the valley, we, we get so down on ourselves that we, we get stuck in the valley. So just know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Don't, whatever means that you can find some encouragement 
It may not be your family member. It may not be who you think your best friend is. It may not be your significant other. I encourage you, read the 23rd Psalm and find encouragement that God is with you. He said, I will be with you always. So never think that you're alone. But if and it, it, it's good to have somebody that you can trust, that you can call. Find that someone, tap into that someone, tap into you know, what, what resources they have available. You know, we don't have to stay in the place that we're in. It says, you know, the pilot wants <laughs> to pick us up and make us whole. So just believe that, you know, the only thing, the biggest thing that I can offer you is God. Silver and gold, I have not. But the word of God will sustain you. And if it's not the 23rd Psalm, open your Bible, any word, whatever it falls on, read it, meditate upon those words and find peace and comfort in knowing that you are loved and God is, is expecting great things from us. He says so in his word. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Divine order, ladies and gentlemen, divine order. We have to trust the process, divine order. Thank you, John and Angela Garrett. Bless you. For gracing the stage this morning revealing heal with such amazing testimonies such a powerful message i just would love to just sit in what i've heard this morning but i gotta press my way you know and get up out of here but thank you thank you thank you monday oh, morning wow. this morning Every living thing and every situation is in divine order. Believe and have faith that everything is where it is at and should be. Everything happens for our highest God. That's your Monday motivation quote. Remember, this is new week, new goal. This is revealing healing. You can't heal if you won't reveal. Remember to follow us on all social media, podcast outlets. Share this good word this morning. Share this good word. Do not sit on this. Share this with others. You know you know somebody that need an encouraging word. I'm Coach Dan. Remember to love yourself. Love everybody and be an example. Have an amazing day. You deserve it. Thank you, John and Angela Garrett. Thank you for having us. God bless you. Thank you so much. You're in Gainesville. Look up Jazz Cafe and Catering. Love you much. Y'all be blessed.